Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. So some time ago, we reviewed the Japanese film House, Houseu, which is a personal favorite of mine. And uh, Craig, I thought I think you thought it was a little wackadoodle. Yeah, it was, but it was it was fun, interesting. That I and you liked it so much that you said uh, Craig gave me a task. He said, "Todd, find me another like crazy Asian horror film that we could watch." So <laughs> I don't know if you're regretting. Be this careful now. what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> That is so true. I got online, and at first we were going to do Chinese Ghost Story, but I had trouble uh, getting one with subtitles. And then I did download the subtitles, but I was having a hard time getting them to line up. So we put that one on hold in favor of another film that I found last minute called The Boxer's Omen. This is a 1983 film by the Shaw Brothers. Now, Craig, are you at all into kung fu films or Hong Kong flicks? I'm not at all. Uh, And I think that that may have some uh, impact on how I felt about this movie ultimately. Um, I'm not. You know, I I know that in the 70s and 80s there was this – demand for these uh kung fu movies these bruce lee type movies and uh the shaw brothers production company i guess really capitalized on that for a long time but as that demand began to decline uh they were looking for something else to capitalize on and i guess horror was uh the direction they decided to go so this movie ends up being kind of it really feels like two movies really yeah um and two movies that really don't have anything to do with one another. <laughs> like <laughs> you've got you've got this kung fu revenge plot thing going on, and then like this uh, subplot, which really ends up being the biggest part of the movie about how this kung fu fighter is somehow tied to this weird Buddhist. I don't. E- I don't even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it really I, defies I, description. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am interested to see how you're gonna <laughs> how you're gonna spin this one because, oh man, I, I I'm really at a loss. Like I'm at a loss for words with this one. Having watched a number of kung fu movies and a number of Shaw Brothers films too, I can tell you they really range the gamut. There's usually some magical element involved. If it's not straight out and out magic like we have in this movie, at least you know people are able to kind of fly through the air and and flip off of walls and do lots of crazy stunts and run across rooftops and um, it just kind of goes part and parcel together like magic and kung fu. And this movie is kind of what you get if you take all the kung fu out of it. <laughs> and yeah. you decide we're going to go all in on the magic stuff because it's just as weird maybe even more weird than most of these films that I've seen um, oh yeah you have to kind of come into them with an open mind and realize that and, and the part of the fun of them really and this is how I'm going to spin it Craig <laughs> part of the fun okay. of, part of the fun of these kind of movies is knowing that if anything and kind of like House you're in for a wild crazy ride it may not make a whole lot of sense. The special effects may not be that great, but it's going to be kind of imaginative, and it's certainly going to be different from anything else you're going to see. And at the very least, it may capture your attention. It may keep your eyes glued to the screen for a while. Or in our case, <laughs> make you turn your eyes away from the screen every oh now Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's difficult to... Houseu really is our only well you're more well versed in in these types of foreign films but for me 
House is really kind of my only point of reference for for this type of movie. And it was wacky, like ridiculously wacky. Um, but it was fun to watch. Like it was it was funny and and silly and ridiculous. And this one I I, I guess, you know, having read about it, <laughs> that there was a tradition for this type of movie. And so People who had seen this type of movie, I guess, would have known what to expect. I didn't know what to expect, and it was, and I knew nothing about the movie going in, and it was so off the wall. In such, oh god, it, you know, it, it's, it's. I don't know if it's playing it for humor or not. Maybe it is, but if it is, it's a sense of humor that is foreign to me. Um, <laughs> and and I, I have to say, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I did not enjoy this movie. Like th- there were parts of it that were fascinating because you know th- there is a storyline and and the storyline I guess within the context of the movie kind of makes sense but um really it just it it felt like the story was there just to serve the purpose of exhibiting all of these special effects and and weird uh traditions it's gross. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's weird stuff going on, like, you know, reanimated skeletons and, and reanimating dead things and stuff. And like some of the effects were interesting to look at, but then some of the plot elements were just so bizarre and disgusting yeah. that like, I, I, I had a hard time. It, I love horror folks, you know that. And so I, I can take gore and, and, and that kind of thing. But there are some things like cutting off the anus of a live chicken and then chewing it up and then swallowing it and regurgitating it and spitting it into somebody's mouth. And that process (laughs) repeating like four or five times, like that's too much for me. (laughs) Theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, Right. right. Just You're, as a say, I just, I just can't. If there were a scene yeah. like that in a movie like this, <laughs> right, <laughs> it'd be hard to watch. It was, it was, it was too much. <laughs> and uh, when I finished this movie, I texted Todd and I said, "You're done. You're not picking the movies anymore. It's over." <laughs> I really, I really. After I finished this, I thought our friendship might be on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It remains to be seen. We'll we'll see how you go about defending this, and then I'll make my judgment at the end. Well, hey, now let's be real. Then I, I mean, my defense is that I came into this as blind as you. I I hadn't seen this yeah. before. All right. Yeah, and and I asked for it. To be fair, I did ask. You for did. It. Todd's not lying when he says that. I did ask for it. <laughs> well, it starts out pretty typical. In fact, uh, I I had a big smile on my face because uh, it starts out in a Muay Thai boxing ring. We're in Thailand, and uh, there's a, a boxing match going on, and there's a Thai boxer and a Chinese boxer. And the Thai boxer, if you're into uh, Hong Kong cinema from the 60s and 70s at all, you'll recognize this guy, Bolo Young. You know, Asians are not known for being very bulky. <laughs> you know, you don't see a lot yeah. of, like, Asian weightlifters and things like that, but this guy is huge. Right. He's just got an impressive, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger-type physique. Um, and he's beating the tar out of this other guy. And uh, he he basically puts him in the hospital. And he does it a little unfairly. And so this other dude jumps in the ring, and we later find out that his name is Hong Chan. And he is, uh, turns out, the brother of this boxer who's been 
beaten to a pulp. So he has a meeting with his uncle Chi, um, and it looks like Hung kind of wants to get um, some kind of revenge on this guy. And it turns out, um, and I, I wasn't entirely clear what was going on here. There's something about some gang or, or something like that. But he ends up uh, at a warehouse trying to meet. It was, a, was it a fighting promoter for a rematch with this Baobo, the Thai boxer? I don't know. Beats me. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll just keep going then. It w- and I think that part of it, too, is that, like, you know, of course, we're reading subtitles. So we're reading subtitles and, and maybe missing a little bit of the action. And I think really missing a little bit in the translation, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it, it was all tied into somehow, I think, how they were going to avenge his brother's defeat and, and his unfair defeat. Because I, I think I don't remember how it ended up playing out, but. Did the Chinese boxer, I think, did he end up winning? But then, yeah, he ended up winning. But then the Thai boxer, like, while the Chinese boxer was celebrating, like, knocked him down and, like, stamped on his spine. So he's, like, paralyzed. So it was kind of like a million-dollar baby kind of deal. And now the brother is is set to avenge him and i i think that that's how this meeting gets set up it's it's something about avenging but it turns out to be a sabotage that's right a bunch of guys come in and jump him he ends up uh tied up by his legs uh hanging and uh, dunked in some water and it looks like they're going to take care of him. in fact they've tossed a bag of body parts in front of him and it turns out it's this uncle chi that he had been meeting with to set this up in the first place so you know this guy is doomed but then all of a sudden there's this bright light and this flash and he sees a vision of uh, looks like a monk just kind of glowing in the corner. And suddenly he's on the floor, and all the bad guys around him are completely dead. And so he just runs out, as you would. Okay, cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he goes home and bangs his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, in a really gratuitous and, and <laughs> pretty violent kind of sex scene like yeah you can tell that it's you can tell that it's consensual and again i guess that this is another kind of you know it's a tradition of this type of film these kind of violent sex scenes and it didn't make me particularly uncomfortable um in its graphic nature even though you know it it was rough you know it it it, you could tell all along that it was consensual you know this is a girl i don't know if it's his girlfriend or if it's just a girl that he bangs from time to time or whatever but um she was into it but he was like throwing her up against walls and it's so exploitive like she's naked and then like they're up against this big glass window or or door or something and like it's raining outside and he's got her pressed up against the the glass and, like there's a, a shot from the a shot from the other side of the glass of her boobs just like <laughs> Smashing up, up against, against the- it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, at, at this point in the movie, I'm like, "What are we watching? <laughs> what is happening?" And and really, nothing really has happened yet that is as bizarre as it's about to get. Oh man, so weird. I was actually thinking about that Sir Mix a Lot video. Put him on the glass. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
go to YouTube and look it up sometime. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll get right on that as soon as we're done. <laughs> That's right. Well, and that is, and you're right. That is pretty typical, actually, of these kind of films. Hong Kong Category Three movies uh, tended to be pretty high on the violence, pretty high on the sex. Even though there's a rating scheme and a limit, you know, to the censor's ability, so they would really play up uh, and kind of make these sex scenes over over the top as much as they make the kung fu action pretty over the top as well. So um, nothing to be terribly alarmed at, but like you said, it, it is pretty jarring if you're not used to it. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, as soon as he's done with this, he's sleeping and uh, wakes up and there's an orange light that visits him. And it is this glowing kind of triangle thing that uh, floats through the house. Uh, it's a very distinct kind of symbol. It looks almost like a Sanskrit symbol or something. It's a triangle and it floats through the apartment. He follows it into the one of his rooms and uh, it turns out like it's it's like the TV. And he goes to visit his brother who's paralyzed and his brother asks for revenge. And so he naturally goes to Thailand to confront the boxer. They're having kind of a celebration uh, for this boxer. I guess they seem to think he won or something. Anyway, so well, it's, it's like they're claiming he won. Like, yeah. yeah, the Chinese officials said the Chinese guy won, but obviously our guy really won. And our main guy, I, I'm terrible with these names, terrible, terrible with foreign names. So I apologize. I'm not trying to be culturally insensitive, but I'm, I'll probably just keep saying that guy. It's, huh. it's weird because he gets there and he meets like he, he interrupts this press conference or whatever, and he challenges the Thai fighter to a fight. Like he's going to fight him to avenge. And it's going to be in like three months or something. I don't, I don't remember. So then he leaves and he's like, I don't know, taking a boat uh, down this canal to wherever he's going. And he sees that same glowing light that he saw in the apartment. And it, it illuminates this part of this monastery. And he goes into this monastery and there's all these monks in there and um, Buddhist monks. And uh, he goes up to the front of the monastery and somebody greets him and says, you've been expected here. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I've never, I don't know anything about this. How could I be expected? And I think that my favorite part of the movie, and, and there aren't very many, <laughs> um, but my, my favorite part of the movie is this monk goes, well, it's, it's a long story. And then it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's this great big long <laughs> backstory That's that true. is entirely disconnected from anything else that has been going on so far, but ends up really being kind of the central plot. But that just cracked me up when he's like, well, it's a long story. And then we go into this flashback that takes like 10 or 15 minutes. That's true. Oh, it's hilarious. Mm. He said um, that the abbot of this monastery had traveled to Hong Kong to take care of a black magician um, named uh, <clears throat> Mai Gusu. And uh, he, he's right there in the airport. <laughs> and uh, Mai Gusu is walking maybe to his plane or something. I don't know. And uh, this monk calls to him from across the airport. And Mai Gusu turns around. And uh, the monk throws like a, it's like a little mirror uh, that attaches to this guy's forehead. And uh, he starts to bubble up. His skin turns green. And this is the first of many of these weird, kind of low-rent, uh, but still fascinating, I think, special effects that we're going to get here. All Fair, practical. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's about the right way to describe it, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. I mean, it, it's it's certainly interesting. Fair enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he um, bubbles and greens. It looks like he's kind of melting. And then the camera pans up past it. Oh, he's fallen behind some chairs. And as it passes up behind uh, the chairs, this guy, this magician raises up. Uh, and it, he's turned into a hag. And his mouth opens and this bat flies out of it. Like this bat is his spirit or something going to attack the monk one last time. And the, <laughs> and the monk grabs this bat. Did you- Go ahead. What? Did did you hear that, folks? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy throws some sort of crystal in his face. His face starts to bubble up. Then he turns into an old crow. And then a, <laughs> then then a bat puppet flies out of his mouth. Then the guy kills the bat. No, like he grabs like the that's bat. how this movie goes. Like yeah. it's just you have no idea what's going on. Like why did this guy, this seemingly normal guy, turn into an old hag before vomiting up a bat puppet? And then, like what? What black, is happening? Black magic, man. Black magic. Oh God. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like you know, even I guess really this is the point where. I was so baffled as to what was going on that I just had to kind of throw my hands up in the air and say, okay, I guess like we're just in this for the ride. Like I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's happening, but okay. (laughs) Things are happening. So just keep watching, I guess. (laughs) Well, the best way to think about it is like, as you said, there are like two parts of this movie. It's almost like this backstory. Um, Almost three, if you count the backstory, really. But anyway, there's this backstory, and then the uh, and they're both kind of you could think of them as wizard duels, right? So this monk yes. grabs grabs this bat in the air, tucks it in his in his tunic, and the next thing we know, the monk is back in the monastery, or the abbot is back in the monastery, and he's performing this elaborate ceremony on this little bat puppet, <laughs> and he's he's got it pinned to a board, but it's still moving, um, and he's doing some stuff, and while he's uh, inciting his incantations, and the bat's like changing, and it burns up, and all this weird stuff happens it cuts to a whole different place where it's clearly like um it's the opposite of a monastery it's like black magic devil worshiping area or something like that uh temple uh, where there's this giant bat statue and there's a another black magician or some disciple maybe he's the abbot of this place <laughs> who kind of like wakes up and looks around and is like wait a minute what's happening to my bat <laughs> right and he realizes that now that this bat spirit is being taken care of by the monk on the other side so he starts with his own incantations here and so what we get is just flashing back and forth between the abbot and the monastery and the stuff that he's doing to the bat and the black magic guy in his dark temple of horrors or whatever and the incantations mm-hmm. that he has to do to try to like save the bat and there are these parallel things going on and i don't know it's really complicated and hard to describe except in many cases like there's a lot of gross stuff involved um in making these incantations like i mean at one point um the monk smashes the bat and the magician gathers some snake venom and this giant human skull uh which is pretty gross out of an urn that he has of many things on the wall and and it's got like a brain in it and he's snake venom out of a snake he's revives the bat by spitting rat's blood on it from a rat that he's bit into there there's spiders that come into play here at some point that use little straws to like suck up this green goo (laughs) 
I mean, it, it's just like a bunch of guys sat around a table and were just like, so uh, what kind of special effects do you think we could do? Well, we could do some spiders. Um, and I've got uh, like a, a skull thing that I'd off a rat's head and spit some blood over it. Um, it's just an amalgamation of all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, the the, the spiders, I have no idea. I, I can't remember. It, to be fair, folks, uh, we watched this movie like a month ago. <laughs> like we, we watched it and then we somehow had some technical difficulties and couldn't talk about it. And then uh, we lost Aaron Moran and we wanted to do something for her. And um, so it's been like three weeks since I've seen this movie. But these... Um, these little puppet spiders. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like the movie is so ambitious with, uh, the special effects and things like they want to do so much. Um, but the budget had to have been relatively low, I guess, comparatively with these, uh, Kung Fu movies that they had been making. The budget for this was actually really high, but even still, uh, <laughs> you can see, you know, the, the cracks or whatever. And these spiders, these little puppet spiders, like, I guess they're supposed to drink the venom of the snake, but like they crawl, they crawl up to the venom of the snake and then they like drink it with s- straws. Like, <laughs> like, like, why is this, why is it so weird? I don't, like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you were describing like this black magic temple or whatever. In all fairness, there are some things in this movie that, like if you just looked at a still frame of it look really cool like this black magic temple it's nothing special as far as you know it's it's not cgi of course you know it's it's not something that's really expensive but they do some really interesting things with lighting and um the imagery is neat like i feel like in this black magic temple there's like some big kind of evil statue in the back like i don't know if it's supposed to be the devil or or something from buddhist culture that i don't know but obviously like this big demonic thing in the back and then in front of it i feel like sitting in chairs are all of these different totems and like the chairs maybe are hands or something i don't know the the point is it looks the set piece looks cool um, and so there was some stuff going on here. They obviously were concerned with artistic design, mm. uh, and, and on its own, you know, like in freeze frames, some of this stuff looks really neat. It's neat to look at. I can imagine how, if I had, I didn't research this movie at all before we watched it, but if I had, you know, some of the still frames, I would have been intrigued. I would have been intrigued enough to want to watch it just because some of the imagery is, is really bizarre and out there and interesting. And honestly, as much as I don't don't like this movie and we'll never watch it again. I, I have to give it some some credit uh, in that regard. There's some visually interesting stuff going on. Now, at this point, was this the point, though, where you decided you didn't like this movie or is that coming later? I don't know. I have no I can't answer that question. I, I think it was later because we, we really haven't gotten to the gross out stuff yet. And I, I probably have already said, I guess all of these gross out elements were, were really you know, common to this genre of movies. So the people going to see these movies would know to expect it. It just caught me so off guard and made me want to freaking barf. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I guess, you know, to, to kind of finish up this super long flashback, the spiders that have now drank venom out of a straw, 
the evil wizard takes them to the monastery and he does some like Spider-Man stuff where he like crawls up on the ceiling and uh, he lowers these spiders down onto the monk who is sleeping and the spiders inject the venom into the monk's eyes and it blinds the monk and like kills him. But it's kind of like Princess Bride where he's only mostly dead. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's why now our protagonist has been summoned here. Because as it's explained to him after this little 15-minute flashback, well, he has to go see the monk. And the monk is like, mostly dead <laughs> but they've got him like set up like i don't know like a shrine or something and and the the guy goes and talks to him and this this mummified monk tells him in a previous life we were twins and so now i need you to break this spell so that i, I can be immortal and if you don't break the spell if i die you'll die too um yes. so our main guy our protagonist then has to has to become a monk first and there's this yes. whole initiation process which i kind of liked it reminded me of like 80s montages like we're gonna become a monk here we go <laughs> 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 and, and then the, the the goal is that he has to defeat this evil wizard and if he defeats the evil wizard then the the monk will be restored and everything will be good <sighs> <laughs> no, my favorite part and, is that this guy, Chan Hung, um, he, at first he refuses. He just wants to go back to Hong Kong until he spits up an eel, and then yeah. he decides he's going to help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay. And, Never and, mind. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if, if you're going to be throwing up eels, I mean, that's something – pretty undesirable i guess yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do if that's gonna happen <laughs> and and then that sets it up for really what is kind of the remainder of the movie and again it's broken like you said it, it almost feels like two or three different movies because there's the whole monk initiation which is you know kind of a big deal like um they make him sit in a river full of leeches and he has to try to maintain his calm and peace while he's being bitten and and sucked on by all these leeches and then there's this weird ass ceremony where he sits in this giant urn. <laughs> he sits in this giant urn and there's these monks sitting all around them and all the monks are holding ropes and like he all the ropes go into the urn and he's holding on to all of them and like they're chanting and I feel like eventually you see, you know, through light effects that like I guess their essence or their power or something like travels through these ropes into the urn and then the urn starts glowing and he starts glowing and eventually the urn blows up and I guess that's how you become a monk. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the standard ceremony in Thailand. I, I went there once, I witnessed it. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they have it on guess. the tour. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like I know so much more about Buddhism now. <laughs> Where was this in my world religions class in college? I know, I mean, man. man. They left out all the interesting parts. We'd all be Buddhist if this were the case. <laughs> I know, right? And and that sets it up. That that whole montage sets it up for this battle between the the evil wizard and and Hung or, or whatever his name is. His name is now Kaidi Balu, right? Right. He's got a new name, which makes it even more easy to keep track of. 
<laughs> and, and he shaved his head. And that was another funny part. Like when, when they told him he had to become a monk, he's like, oh man, I'm going to have to shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest of his concerns. Okay, and so when they confirm him as a monk, uh, he has to go through this ceremony where he professes that he's not broken any of Buddha's rules. Um, And one of those rules is that he has hasn't had sex that he's been abstinent and it's not really important in that part but it becomes important later on but it sets it all up for this duel and i have to say you know i appreciate the setup it's interesting like okay so the the good guy and the evil weirdo monk meet up on what i can only describe as what looks like a sound stage <laughs> because it, it <laughs> Like, it's just this big black space. Like, I I really didn't have any sense of where they were supposed to be. I don't know if they were supposed to be in the the monastery or if uh, this was all going on in their minds. Like, I don't know, because, like, the it's just this big black space, and, and behind the evil warlock is this great big huge full moon. And they have this battle that goes on for a really long time. And it's so weird. Like, it's just the evil monk or evil wizard or whatever he is throwing different spells and entities at uh the good guy and the good guy deflecting them and stuff um but that doesn't begin to do it justice like there's so much weird shit going on here uh, that it's 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 hard to describe and it goes on for so long please todd provide us with some of the details <laughs> oh i don't know like uh first he's throwing like uh, animated you know lasers and things at him um and then he's surrounded by these crocodile skulls and he waves an incantation across these crocodile skulls and they start chattering and more of these bats come out of him and the bats all fly toward the monk but the monk ends up burning them by manifesting a protective urn around himself there are a lot of people in urns. Uh, urn is a continual theme throughout this movie that we're going to have to unpack uh, the significance of later. My favorite part, though, is when he says, Lord of the Dark, grant power to this rice. <laughs> and he tosses rice all over the crocodile skulls, and the skulls themselves all go towards the monk. And, of course, he deflects those up as well. And then he breaks out what he calls, at least in the translation, his secret weapon, which is um, it's this thing that goes toward the monk, and then something rises up out of it. And it turns out it's this giant head of what looks like a Martian-looking creature. It's got these big eyes, kind of like an exposed brain. It's green. This is where things start getting gross. And again, I I guess that this is common in these types of movies, but the bad wizard eats a bunch of guts and then pukes them out and then eats them again. And then when once he does that, he says, I'm full of power now. Surely I can beat you. Again, this is the translation. I have no idea what he really says. Um, <laughs> and then first, you, you talked about like there's like the, that floating alien head thing, um, which is super bizarre. And, and the good monk just like beats it immediately. And that's, I guess, the, the evil wizard's secret weapon. The other thing you were talking about is he rips his own head off. The guts or or entrails or whatever are like hanging down from his own head, Uh. and his own head like tries to strangle um, the the good monk. Then the sun comes up, and the bad guy dies, and the monk who told the whole flashback story tells 
are a good guy. You've broken the spell. The abbot can be immortal. You can go home now. (laughs) 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 And he does. And like that, and he goes home and bangs that girl again. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, and that feels like, oh, okay. The movie is surely over. No, no, no. Like, like, let's just go ahead and do the sequel here real quick in the next 40 minutes, <laughs> which is, oh God, my, oh, my notes are boobs and bush exclamation point. As soon as he gets home, the girl is there waiting for him naked. And, and so he just walks in and he's like, uh, I was a monk for three months and he grabs her and they do their business. Oh, now, come on. You've got to do justice to the dialogue here. She's showering. He walks in and she says, where were you? I haven't seen you in a while. And he says, I've seen through the vanity of the world. <laughs> she says, I don't, be- I don't believe that. You were out messing with chicks. Don't give me any STDs. <laughs> yeah, don't give me any STDs. Okay, let's let's bang in the shower. <laughs> yeah, which you know is a mistake because he's a monk and he gave that vow of chastity. Now, I saw that coming. I guess I saw it coming. I mean, I guess I knew that it was a mistake, but at the same time, I didn't know where this was going because right. we've already beaten the main antagonist. Like, it, it's over, right? Everything's good. But no. Then we cut to my absolute favorite part of the whole. <laughs> cut that sarcasm as thick as you'd like. Um, but apparently, this evil wizard was not alone. Apparently, he's in some sort of cult of evil wizards. And we cut to three more evil bad guys who conduct some sort of weird ceremony where, first, they're on like a crocodile farm and they collect one of the crocodiles and they kill it and they cut it open. And they pull out all of its guts, and then they, I don't know if there were eggs inside it or if they had eggs, they smashed some eggs or something, and they put this dead body inside and then sew it back up. And then we cut back to the Kung Fu story, just in case we had forgotten about that. Bao Bo and Chun Hong are now on the, I guess it's been three months, and now they're back in the ring. And they're getting this rematch. And they're fighting each other, and it looks like Chan Hung is winning. However, uh, it's cutting back between this and the ceremony going on between the bad guys. And what ends up happening uh, is that this they pull this wormy bottle from this alligator, uh, and then there's more stuff to do. So this body is sitting in front of them, and it's got all these worms crawling all over it. And the first of the the guy, well, I guess I'd, I guess you could say the magicians here or the evil cult guys all line up behind the body, mm. and they have like a banana leaf plate. And the first one takes out a banana, unpeels the banana, takes the inside of it out, throws it away, and then sticks the whole peel in his mouth and chews it up. Um, and then he spits it out into the plate, hands over to the next guy, who then he eats the previously spit out piece of uh, banana peel and chews it up and swallows it. And there's a whole bunch of this. I think I've actually deliberately blocked it out of my memory, all the details of exactly what was happening here. Uh, Yeah, you're making me want to puke just describing it. It it was was so nasty. And like, you can tell that these, these actors had to do that. You know, like they are literally eating. Oh God. I could like you, I believe. I couldn't handle it. I, I couldn't. I literally couldn't watch it. I had to turn away and wait for it to be over. Yeah, it was. It was basically two guys, one cup, essentially. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. <laughs> um, but all of this serves to bring this body to life, and it's a woman. This kind of mysterious, I guess, sorceress or something is brought up, 
and she walks toward this thing that they've created. It's it's like a voodoo doll of Hung. And they go in front of it, and they say, all right, now do your business. And she has these long fingernails, and she stabs the thing through the eyes. And now Hung, who is beating the Thai boxer, starts seeing visions. He starts seeing maggots in his eyes. He's, he's flailing about. Um, he's no longer in control in the ring, and he runs out of the ring uh, and during the middle of the match and into uh, the locker room where he's going from the mirror to mirror. Meanwhile, the magician lady is stabbing the, this voodoo doll, and, and he's completely lost control. So he decides he needs to return to Thailand. <laughs> yeah there's i i thought maybe she was gonna kill him or this was gonna have some like lasting effect but i guess it was just to scare him or something and so he goes back to thailand and the abbot right off the bat asks him if he broke any any rules and he says no of course i didn't break any rules and he says all right we're going to arrange for another duel <laughs> mm-hmm. um and but first they have to go find some things. They have to go find a mushroom. They have to. It's kind of a scavenger hunt. They have to go and find a mushroom tree that's growing from this giant Buddha statue. Uh, they go down into which was the- really cool looking. I thought. Oh yeah. It, it was like it's. It was like this big giant Buddha face, like built into the ground, and and it was. I I don't know where it was, and I don't know how they did the effects. I don't know if this was an actual place or if it was something that they fabricated, but it oh, was yeah. really cool looking. I I will give them credit there. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And yeah, I think they made it, you know, they had to. It's it's a, it's a pretty big set. It's really cool. They descend down into the eye where there's a tree growing and there's this really rare mushroom I think growing on the tree. So they grab this mushroom and somehow they make a necklace out of it. This is I guess a ceremony. <laughs> details, details, right? It's, it's just so funny because it's so convoluted. Like so they have to okay, so what they're getting from this mushroom tree is like the essence of iron and and the the monk that's that's helping uh hung get it he's like this essence of iron will will make you really strong when the time comes put the amulet in your body now again we're reading (laughs) subtitles so i have no idea if this is really what it means but in the subtitles it says put the amulet in your body and then hung says will it come out and the guy goes yeah out your eyes <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And I really think that it has to be a flaw in the translation because he never actually he doesn't really stick the whole amulet in his body, does he? Like he just no. takes whatever essence it is and 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 like cuts a little thing in his skin and pours it in there. Oh my god, but it was so funny. Put the amulet in your body. Will it come out? Yeah, out your eyes. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Moving on. (laughs) All we know is that based on the ancient Buddhist traditions, he has done what he needs to do. (laughs) And so he he goes in front again. uh, I guess he's getting his power back up or something in order to fight the wizard. And so he goes back and has one last little ceremony in front of the Buddha statue. And as part of the ceremony, again, like before, they ask him, have you broken any of the rules? And he says, no, 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 no. And he gets to the carnal pleasures one. He kind of looks up kind of left and right, and goes, nope, haven't broken that one either. And the light goes out on the candle, and the Buddha gets really angry. And they say, you're lying to the Buddha! Uh, And then the temple gets trashed, uh, but he's told that he will die until he finds a relic, which is the golden ashes. Mm -hmm. 
So because he's lied to the Buddha, I guess you still have a chance if you find the golden ashes. So now... <laughs> <laughs> which, which are not hard to find because no. they're like a big tourist attraction <laughs> in, in, in Kathmandu. <laughs> so they're off to Kathmandu. Now, um, I really like... the bad lady... I really liked this part. You really liked- I, well, they're in Kathmandu. You know, uh, part of the fun of this is kind of seeing exotic places. And I have to say, for for a film that is even taking place in Hong Kong, I think to the Hong Kong people, Kathmandu is pretty exotic because they're clearly over-exoticizing here. There's so many shots of of them going through the town and shots of people and beggars on the street and vendors and kids. and It's kind of fun to see, but... Again, it's clear that it's like 10 minutes of someone's vacation videos, you know, going through Kathmandu. (laughs) It goes on for a while. But you're right. Yeah, he goes to this giant uh, Buddhist temple. And you're right. It's a total tourist attraction because there's a guide in there who's giving a long explanation about it and stuff. So when he ends up in there, he cuts into his arm uh, and he pours his magic necklace liquid out uh, from inside. Uh, There's a close-up on a gong. I think he just basically sets off some supernatural alarm system. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. The woman arrives again. She conjures a giant crocodile. Right, and it, it's just like duel part two. Like now he has to duel uh, with this lady. And just like with the last thing, it's the last duel. It's just this lady throwing one thing at him uh, after another. And so at one point she pins him down and she like squeezes his head between her thighs. <laughs> Cause of course, I mean, why wouldn't she? And then, um, she like drops these furry caterpillars on his face and they go in his ears and nose. And then, uh, the sun comes up and some kind of weird dust appears. And then this weird old monk appears. Like, I, I have no idea who this wow. is or is supposed to be. It's like, yeah. like he's like, the embodiment of the statue or something. I, I don't know. He and, slides and then, down on a chair. It's like a little carnival ride. He comes down on his little chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the, the evil lady wraps the monk up in her hair, but then somehow he skins her. <laughs> it's like she turns inside out or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like she turns inside out and she's obviously just wearing like a bodysuit, but it looks like it's like her whole, you know, vascular system you can see. And and, and then like she starts peeing or pooping all this like... Oh god! Uh, I can't believe. Oh, uh, I can't believe we're, we're talking about this. It sounds so strange. But she like pees or poops like all this blue goo, and then she gives <laughs> she gives birth to these like three little Guys. balls or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then it tur- those three balls like grow up into the the three evil priests from before, like they've been hiding inside her. But at first, they're all wrapped in like saran wrap. Saran- <laughs> saran wrap that was what you know at this point the budget had to be getting pretty darn low oh god yeah and then and then i i I kid you not folks and then two of the bad guys bleed into the chest of the third one and then three (laughs) and then three furry dinosaurs (laughs) come out come out and shoot lasers into the buddha's eyes um, and that hurts the monk's eyes, and then some st- like this big uh, statue 
kills the dinosaurs <laughs> and and then the iron that he had dripped into his his um arm comes out like in the form of needles out of his eyes but apparently he has won the duel and uh the abbot is restored and everything's fine yes <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how it goes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's so weird. It, it, it really, really has to be the, the most bizarre movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so weird. And like one, you, you would think that, that I could appreciate that and be like, oh man, I'm so glad I saw that. It was so weird. But no. <laughs> no. I could have gone my entire life without seeing that movie and I could have died a happy man. Um, it, w- it, was, it was so weird. And the fact that it's not like some sort of weird anomaly just kind of blows my mind that like this was like a style of movie that was popular for a while. Oh, gosh. I I just can't imagine. To be fair, this one is a little more over the top than most of those movies are. I mean, this one really takes about five of those films and throws them all together and then puts in furry dinosaurs and, you know, covers them in saran wrap. This is... I've seen a lot of these kind of films, but this this really tops them all. Um, it's, It's pretty notorious. I think... You know, if you go online and you start reading about this, there are people with definite opinions about it and interest in it. It's got, I guess, a kind of a little bit of a fan following, wouldn't you say? Of sorts. Yeah, like a cult following. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I don't know. When did we say it came out? 1983? Three, yeah. Um, I guess it, uh, and, and for 1983, I mean, the effects are weird and corny, but, you know, we saw weird and corny effects in the States in 1983, so whatever. Um, but I guess it didn't really, you know, nobody in the West had, had really seen it until it was released uh, in the States in 2006. Um, and, I, and I think that probably more than anything, it's an oddity, uh, and that is why it's kind of picked up kind of a cult status. And, and I can see that. It is weird. And, you know, if, if you're interested in strange and bizarre cinema, I mean, by all means, check this out because it is strange and bizarre, but not my cup of tea <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I have to say I could have I enjoyed it for what it was if it weren't for the eating and regurgitating stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that was what really turned me off too. It, that, it was just too much. I, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it is just disgusting. It was kind of like um, Pink Flamingos. You've seen Pink Flamingos at the very end? Like, yeah, no, but I know. I know the and, – and that's that's the reason that I haven't watched it is because I know that that dog shit thing happens. <laughs> I don't want to sound pretentious here as an actor, but you know, like I do community theater, you know, <laughs> as an actor. Um, I'm sitting here thinking about those actors that had to do that. And I'm like, oh, that is just too nasty. I can't imagine being asked to do that or asking somebody to do that or, or doing it. Um, and and I, I think that maybe that pulled me out a little bit because I was mm. thinking about the logistics of it. Like, oh God, those poor guys. I mean, bravo to you for being committed to your craft or whatever, but I'll pass. <laughs> I'm not. If that's sure. what it takes to be a cinema in in China. Uh, I don't think I'm cut out for it. Uh, definitely, like you said, it's an oddity, and uh, 
if what we've said piques your interest in the slightest, and um, I would say get to the point at which you can see regurgitation starting to happen. <laughs> Maybe fast forward a few minutes past that, and then uh, continue to watch. I mean, everything we've described doesn't even hold a candle to the reality of what no what is no there. absolutely not there's no way that you can do it justice just talking about it and you know I, I feel like i should be fair and say that there really is some interesting imagery there's some interesting set pieces um it was ambitious and, and and that was the thing that i think that i if anything i can appreciate about it it was ambitious like i feel like they were going you know this is the 1980s when some of these big budget things in in america were coming out like uh, oh, I don't know, like the Indiana Jones movies and uh, the mm-hmm. Star Wars movies. And and they were really trying to do these kind of big epic things that uh, people hadn't seen before. And I get the sense that that's what they were going for here. Like it was supposed to, you know, in, in some regards, it it's a little bit reminiscent of like Temple of Doom. Yeah. You know, there's there's some gross, weird stuff going on in that movie too. But this just pushes it to an entirely different level and one I was uncomfortable with. And maybe that's what they were going for. I mean, maybe they were trying to um, make the audience uncomfortable with these things. I can't imagine what else the goal would have been. And if that's what they were going for, they succeeded. Um, but did I enjoy watching it? No. <laughs> yeah. It It kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it kind of pushes the boundaries of what you consider entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. It's certainly not scary. Let's put it that way. There's nothing scary no. about it. Um, it is almost a dare that you could sit down with your friends and dare them to watch this without looking away. But yeah, when you consider why do you watch films, if you watch a film to be entertained, I could say this film gets is pretty entertaining up to a point, and then it kind of crosses a line and becomes just gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, we're on Stitcher, anywhere your favorite podcasts are. You can also find our page on Facebook where you could like us there, leave a comment, and let us know what other film you'd like us to review in the future. Until that point, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Mm-hmm.